What is going on, folks? Back at it again with a 20th and Blake podcast. I'm part of MileHighSports.com. I am your host, Luke Zolman. Um, taking over for Anilo Piro. I think the way that that's going to be split up, we're going to do about two a week uh, from me, maybe one to two a week from Anilo going forward throughout the summer. Um, as maybe many or few of you know, we're both college kids, so uh, finals week was you know quite the horror. But now that summer's here, it'll you know it's only going to get better for both of us. He has a new piece up today on Tony Walters. Um, just a great piece looking into kind of how he's changed his approach a little bit and kind of the results of it. And he also had a piece yesterday about Brendan Rogers and his call up and kind of how that could benefit the lineup. Um, got his first hit today. Um, so he's, he should be locked into the lineup at least, you know, a majority of the week, I'd say, unless McMahon starts to heat up. I mean, I could see him, I mean, conceivably, you'd like to see him playing every day if you're Bud Black, uh, but sometimes you just can't quite have that, especially with some of the, you know, there's always egos on the team, there's always, you know, you kind of have to manage, um, manage kind of the players on the team emotionally, uh, psychologically, I mean, baseball is such a huge game mindset-wise, um, that it's very important for him to kind of juggle that. I know Ryan McMahon talking to him, um, he wouldn't wish, you know, it'll it'll fade on any of his teammates. As long as they're winning, he's happy. Um, but at the same time, it's, you know, they're all still playing on rookie contracts, a lot of them. So eventually you got to get your numbers if you want to get your next contract. Um, so you'd like to be able to be a part of that winning. But kind of going back to Tony Walters, I was on Twitter and I saw a very interesting question under a tweet by Patrick Saunders. It was a tweet um, kind of, uh, putting his article that he put out today about Tony Walters kind of out on Twitter. Um, and someone commented under it and said, enough to make an all-star game. So I started to think, Tony Walters, all-star catcher. And then I started to think, well, has that ever happened for the Rockies? The answer is no. There's never been an all-star catcher for the Rockies. So I thought, why not do an entire episode wrapped around how Tony Walters stacks up of amongst the all-star candidates, if you will, um, in the National League, and what are kind of his chances of being able to make that first inaugural, whatever word you want to use for first, um, all-star appearance as a catcher for the Rockies. I mean, they've had plenty. You know, they had the Blake Street Bombers back in the day. They have the Tulos. They have the Michael Kadire at one point. They have, you know, even the new age guys, Nolan, Trevor, Charlie, ton of all-stars. I mean, it's not like it's um, some, you know, forbidden thing for the Rockies. They just have never had a catcher good enough to go. I mean, they've had, you know, some years here and there. Chris Iannettis had some decent years for them. Um, even back to, you know, the Yorgi Tori Albas, um, you know, decent years, but nothing, nothing spectacular. Um, but as of right now, Tony Walters is at 301 on the year, his average. Batting average 301. He's one of five catchers in the MLB with over 100 plate appearances that is hitting over 300. Um, batting averages are a very malign stat now. Um, overall, on base percentage, you know, um, some weighted stats are probably going to tell a player's value more. Um, but 300, I mean, a 300 hitter, it's hard to be a bad 300 hitter. Don't get me wrong, it happens. 
Um, but it's very hard to not add at least some value, especially from the catching spot if you're hitting 300. Um, he got that triple today. Actually, his first of the year, he had four last year. Um, on the year, he's got nine doubles already. Um, career high is 15. That was in his first year with the club. He's already at nine this year, so he's passed his past two seasons. Um, just trying to pass that first season now. Um, as far as doubles, I mean, there's no reason to think that he won't with his current pace. Um, his wins above replacement, 0.9. Um, and that stacks up pretty well with the other top catchers, especially when you look at the fact that Walters doesn't play as much as a JT Realmuto, as, as much as a Wilson Contreras. Even a Yachty Molina is playing quite a bit more than Tony Walters. Um, he just hasn't gotten that playing time. They've, you know, worked in Butera. They've worked in Chris Iannetta. Um, Chris Iannetta is the catcher for a guy like Kyle Freeland. Um, he catches John Gray quite a bit as well. Um, so they just, they like to give their pitchers familiar catchers, um, especially their top guys like Herman and Kyle. Um, so he's had his playing time limited a little bit. He'll never be the JT Real Muto, you know, playing 130 games in a year. That's just not going to be him. Um, that's not what they need him for. And I mean, who's to say if he'd be able to do it or not? It's very difficult. Um, but it's, it's unlikely that anyone will ever find out on the defensive end though. He has caught eight out of 18 runners. Um, that's good for 44% of his runners that have tried to steal. Um, the league average is 29. His caught stealing is fourth in the MLB tied for fourth with the amount, um, and third in the NL with, he's tied with Buster Posey and Yasmani Grandal, and he's behind Real Muto who's got 18. He's going to, He's going to far and away win that stat battle. Um, he just plays way too much, and he's also very good, so that helps. Um, he's at 18 out of 36 on the year, 50%. He is He's a dynamite catcher. There's a reason that so many teams wanted him in the offseason. Um, he's great. But, I mean, Tony Walters, great pop time, under two seconds. Um, he's actually among the upper third of of the league among catchers in pop time. Like I said, 1.98 average pop time on the year. Um, very good. He's an elite pitch framer. Um, he's just been very good for them and his hard hit percentage has gone up. His, uh, he's pulling the ball more. He's starting to try to simplify his approach while also being picky. Um, he's, he's trying a lot of new things and they're working. He's doing very well. Um, Walters has had a great season and I totally understand why, with the current landscape of catchers being what it is, you know, it's not really the most, um, you know, most renowned position. There's not guys that are, you know, lighting up the, you know, sports center top 10 plays with two home or three homer games. It's just, that's not what the position is anymore. Um, catchers are very hard to find. If you're a parent at home and you want your kid to play professional baseball, start teaching him to be a catcher right now. Um, it's just a position that is very scarce in talent. Um, and shoot, Walters wasn't even drafted as a catcher. He was drafted as a middle infielder and transitioned to a catcher. Um, so that kind of tells you, you know, where the catching position is at. JT Realmuto was a middle infielder at one point as well. Um, these catchers aren't really being bred from, you know, high school to college to the majors. You know, that's just not quite how it's going anymore. A lot of times a player will transition um, for many reasons, sometimes maybe they don't have quite the skill set for a middle infield position. Maybe they can't hit well enough to stay at that position. So you say, hey, if you go catch, you'll be able to succeed.
but at shortstop, you're not going to be able to succeed with your current hitting. Um, so that's kind of where the catching position as a whole is at. Um, I thought I'd break down the all-star game voting this year because it is different. Um, this year, how they're going to do it, they're still going to do a voting, but they're going to take the top three from each position and pool them together. And then they're going to have a second vote, almost like in the primaries where you in, you know, in our government system, how you will elect a candidate to be, you know, your candidate for your party. Um, it's kind of the same, you know, type of idea. And then those top three get voted on. Um, and they're kind of hoping to raise fan involvement. There's been good fan involvement for places like Chicago. Um, I remember Kansas City had a ton of all-stars one year, you know, with the voting. Um, they've been able to get some from some cities. Um, but I think they're hoping to raise the Colorado-type voting. You know, the smaller places that may not be as active. Um, so that's kind of what they're looking at doing right now. Um, so they changed that rule this year. That's what it's going to look like when the voting rolls around before uh, all the All-Stars head off to Cleveland. Um, so that's kind of the change they've done. Small thing, but overall it will impact the voting a little bit. All right, we kind of took a look at where Tony Walters is personally, but let's kind of let's kind of look around the league. I I made a list of five guys, including Tony Walters, that are probably most likely to make the All Star game. That's not to say that Wal Walters is you know among the you know top contenders right now, but it's hard to argue that he's not maybe at least in the top five. Um, year to year, there's typically three to four catchers that make um the team. There were four that made it last year. Um, so it kind of deviates a little bit. There's no hard set rule. Um, but as far as my list, I have Rio Muto, Grandal, Yadi Molina, and Wilson Contreras. Um, all of them are one-time All-Stars, except for Yadi, who's made it nine times. I mean, his his career is sadly coming to an end, but what a career it's been. Uh, Yadi Molina, nine out of the last 11 All-Star games. Um, just great. And I could see him making another one this year. He leads the NL in hits. Leads the NL in doubles, and it. I mean, he's won multiple platinum gloves, ton of gold gloves. He's a very renowned fielder as well. Um, so he gives he gives value from each side of the plate. And one thing that I would disclaim to fans is that catchers are always going to be viewed for what they can do at the plate. Walters is one of the elite pitch framers in the league. Um, great pop time. He's been able to throw out a ton of runners. But that's not really what voters care about. Voters are going to care about the guy who's hitting all the home runs, the guy who's making this grand impact every single day on SportsCenter. That's what fans are looking at, whether it's right or wrong. And that kind of limits Walter's upside as far as a guy that doesn't really hit home runs, um, doesn't you know make these outlandish plays. He makes good good plays, but he's not on SportsCenter every day. So it kind of limits his exposure. If you were to ask um 30 fans from all 30 clubs there would probably be five that would know who tony walters is he's just not a well-known guy and yachty has that in his favor he's always been a fan favorite like i said nine out of the last 11 um and that's even when his numbers have dipped a little bit even when maybe he wasn't quite the most deserving um he's still been in there so i could see him likely making it again this year especially since his numbers are kind of you know rising a little bit again um as far as who's in the driver's seat to start, I would say it's Wilson Contreras of the Chicago Cubs. Um, he started last year. That was his only all-star appearance. 
and he's just been great. He leads the NL in home runs among catchers. Um, little disclaimer, all the stats I say, even if I don't say the disclaimer with them, um, they are among catchers. Um, there's no catcher that leads the MLB in home runs. Um, as cool as that would be for, you know, people that love catchers. Um, it's just probably never going to happen at this point again. Um, but he leads the NL in home runs with 11. Um, and he leads the NL in slugging percentage among catchers by nearly 200 points. I mean, he's lapping the field. Um, 633, and that leads the entire league. And that's even above a guy like Gary Sanchez, who is, that's what he's known for is his power. Gary Sanchez is a DH in a catcher's, in a, you know, in a position that he is not very good at, DHing, basically. That is what he is there for. He's there to hit, and even his slugging percentage is behind Wilson Contreras. Um, and by way of that, he leads in war as well with 1.9. Um, he's just been amazing for the Cubs this year. Um, he's had really good stretches throughout his career with the Cubs. Um, and this year he's kind of putting it all together. Um, as far as a true breakout, I could kind of see him being the next Buster Posey type. Um, just the type that's at the top of the leaderboard every year in catching statistics. Um, Buster Posey himself is probably not making the All-Star game this year unless, you know, by popularity he does. Um, I don't have him in my top five, but when he was on, um, it was hard to name a better catcher than Buster Posey, and that's kind of disappeared a little bit. I think Wilson Contreras could bring it back. Um, it's kind of a wait-and-see type approach. Um, as far as uh, the third and fourth guy, um, like I said, Rio Muto, one-time All-Star. He leads the NL in games played. Um, like I said, he's just a warrior. He is in there for 130 games a year. Um, just a true Iron Man behind the plate. Um, and it's paid off. And that's why so many people wanted him. Um, but he does have four run, four home runs, a 268 average, and he second wins above replacement. And the interesting thing with their wins above replacement numbers, both him and Wilson Contreras, is that, yes, Tony Walters has a .9, um, which you look at it and you say .9, 1.9. I mean, that's a huge difference between Contreras and Walters. But they both play way more than Walters does. Um, so kind of put a grain of salt with that. Um, and that could hurt Walters. I mean, his lack of playing time could hurt him. But overall, it's always kind of weird to look contextually at catcher stats because the game's played is so much different among all of them. Um, my final contestant would be Yasmani Grandal. Obviously, he went from the Dodgers to the Brewers. Um, switch hitting catcher. A great bat. I, I was one of the people pushing for the Rockies to sign him. He ended up signing a very manageable one-year deal with the Brewers. Um, so it's kind of a bummer for the Rockies. But they have gotten good production out of Walters. So I guess um, maybe their faith is being you know paid off a little bit. But he has home, eight home runs already this year. Um, that's second to Wilson Contreras. Um, he's hitting in Miller Park. It seems like it's a hitter's haven. Um, I mean, Christian Yelich with all of his home runs there this year. Um, he's fourth in hits as well, and he's normally been a pretty well-regarded defensive catcher, especially with pitch framing. Um, this year he's been very poor, though. He's towards, you know, towards the league, bottom of the league in defensive runs saved behind the dish. He just hasn't been quite as good this year. Um, it may be because it's just not as big of a focus. Maybe they want him to hit a little more. Um, but overall his defense has dipped a little bit 
If I had to pick between the five that I've discussed, I would think JT, Yachty, and Wilson Contreras are going to the All-Star game. Um, if they're going to include a fourth, it's going to be Grandal. I just, it's a very cool question because of how good Walters has been this year. And the fact that the franchise has never had a catcher in the all-star game, I just don't see a way it happens unless he goes on a surge. Um, it's just a product of a guy that plays not only at course field, which already discounts him, but also a guy that just isn't, you know, he's not in the news. He's not flashy. And maybe that's a good thing. Maybe it's a good thing that he's a little underrated come contract time, especially, um, but nonetheless, he's had a great year. That's not to discount him at all. Walters has been by far the best catcher on the team. And if they can continue to get that type of production out of him, I think the Rockies will be very happy. Moving on to a guy who has not quite impressed. I just wanted to touch a little bit. I know it was a, you know, more of a catcher all-star game episode, but I wanted to touch on Daniel Murphy. Um, kind of maybe ease frustrations a little bit with him or maybe raise some red flags. Um, as far as his injury went, he had an avulsion fracture of the left index finger, and that is typically a six to eight week injury. He suffered that on March 29th, excuse me, April 29th, um, March 29th. I'm flipping back and forth. I'm so used to the season starting in April. Um, now it's starting in March. It's, it's a real weird transition. Um, but he hurt that finger on March 29th against Miami, sliding play to his right. Um, and like I said, that's typically a six to eight week injury. And less than a month later, he was in rehab games. Um, he played his first big league game with the club, I believe almost exactly a month after he sustained the injury. And like I said, six to eight week injury. So I think that, I think that he is not fully healthy. Um, hand injuries, I mean, the the main one that, you know, baseball players always worry about is the hamate bone injury in the hand. Um, it almost always, you know, saps power. Um, Matt Olson of the Athletics had his hamate bone broken early this year. He's come back and had power, but overall, hamate bones tend to sap power. That's not what happened to Murphy, but hand injuries overall tend to mess with the player's power a little bit. Um, the swing is just, it's affected because obviously you're swinging the bat with your hands. So if your hands aren't completely comfortable and his, his haven't been, he's had to wear a brace ever since he came back on that hand and he hates it. He stated multiple times he hates it. I believe he shed it in a couple of games. Um, it's kind of hard to see sometimes. Um, but I believe he has shed that hand brace for a couple games um, he just absolutely hates it. Since that return, he's at a 208 average um, before today. Um, went 0 for, 0 for 4 today, I believe. Um, just hasn't been great. He has two home runs. The interesting part is that he does have 8 Ks and 6 walks. So the eye is still there. He's always had a good eye at the plate. He's, I mean, there were times where he was one of the best hitters in the major leagues. Um, so you can tell that it's the hand injury for a huge part of this. Um, seven of his 11 hits have actually been for extra bases, which maybe that's good. Maybe that's bad. Good that he has, you know, been able to put the ball in play and get those extra base injury, extra base hits. Um, maybe bad because the hits are only at 11. Um, but on the year, he's at a 185 batting average on balls in play, which signals that he has had terrible luck. In his career, his mark is over 300. 
Um, so it's dropped all, over 100 points this year. So that signals that there's definitely some bad luck involved. But he's also just, his hard hit rate is the lowest of his career. His line drive rate is down to 7.1% on the year. And that is far and away the lowest of his career. Less than half of his previous career low. Um, so he's not putting those typical line drives that you see from Daniel Murphy in the field. And I really think that it is so much about that hand injury because he just doesn't look right. Everything just doesn't look right. He doesn't look comfortable at the plate. And because they've played so many lefties, I believe they faced seven or eight in a row um, before today when they faced Nola. He hasn't played much. I mean, he hasn't done well against lefties this year. It's not like he's destroyed lefties in his career. Um, so they sat him for many of those games. He just hasn't had a ton of at-bats recently. Um, so there's a ton of rust going on, too. I know it's easy to say, okay, we, you know, as a club, the Rockies spent all this money on this lone offseason addition, and he hasn't panned out. I would caution a little bit of patience with him, though. Um, a lot of adjustments are going on, both. You know, new team, new field, new preparation every day, you know, as far as the facilities. And then you add in the hand injury. And I think there's just a lot of stuff going on that's going against him. He's 100% one of those guys that could hit 380 the second half of the year and carry them in the postseason. That's just the type of guy he is. Um, but as of right now, he just hasn't shown that yet. Um, it'll, it'll be interesting to see if in a month those problems are still the thing, because if in a month, he's still having those problems, and he should be, you know, more than fully recovered from that hand injury. Then maybe, you know, heads start to turn, red flags start to pop up. But as of right now, I don't think it's a gigantic injury. Um, thanks for listening in, guys. Um, check in, uh, you know, every other day we'll normally have a podcast. Check on the website. We have, you know, two to three articles up every day um, looking at everything Rockies. So be sure to check milehighsports.com. Um, be sure to follow both myself and Anilo Piro on Twitter, as well as Gina Gar or Jenna Garcia, excuse me, um, who is our video gal. Um, she's doing great work as well. She's trying to, you know, get a a Spanish Rockies channel going as far as Twitter, as far as videos. Um, so be sure to give her a follow as well. She's doing very interesting things. Maybe trying to introduce some new audiences in Mahai. Um, so be sure to give her a follow as well and be sure to check in next time with us. Thanks for checking in folks.